Hello, listeners. It's Philip here. I'm with my brother, Peter. We're doing our Roland Garros mid-tournament check-in uh, live from Paris. Um, and uh, it was sort of an interesting day um, on the grounds today. Uh, one of the more interesting results is... Uh, Sverev losing to Yannick Sinner, um, and one reason it's interesting is that Sverev, he's always been the young phenom, and then today he lost to a young phenom, a guy who's maybe in like a different generation by tennis standards, like Sverev is 23 or 24, and Sinner is 19, there's at least a four-year gap, um, and he lost to a young phenom before he ever, you know, really won a major. Um, so, Peter, the question I have for you before we discuss the tennis is, has it ever been really annoying that someone younger than you was better than you at something? Yeah, so I guess my example is um when i when i was 29 i had an internship where my manager was i think 28 or 27 and i uh i remember just being frustrated he was younger than me <laughs> and sort of in a position of power um i actually didn't i th he was also like he had a really strong reputation in the organization but he was like a really shitty manager. And so it was the kind of thing where I had to kind of like hide the fact that I didn't really, I wasn't really into being managed by him. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, not really being a fan of your manager is, is never fun. But I think it's it's um, it adds an element when they're younger than you too. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I've been in that situation before, actually, and it really was annoying that that person was younger than me. Um, yeah, and one another one that that comes to mind is uh, in high school. Uh, both you and me, we made the varsity soccer team freshman year. And we weren't, like, that good, like, by, like, freshman on varsity standards. Like, we we didn't start or anything. Uh, we, I mean, we were pretty good at soccer, but you need to be, like, awesome to be a freshman on varsity, and we weren't awesome. And then the next year, this guy who was awesome was was there, and it it sort of overshadowed us. It made, it made it clear that, uh, this kid was a real freshman on varsity and we, we, uh, we were just sort of, uh, there for the ride. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't, I didn't feel like it was, it was that at all. I think, um, but I don't know. I could see how you would feel that way. Yeah, um, 
But yeah, back to tennis. Um, did you did you catch much of the center Sverev match? Yeah, I caught some some pieces of it, and just Sinner has he was just such a workman. Yeah. Was, he has there's like a maturity to him that that is really impressive. Yeah, he's uh he's pretty strong mentally. Uh, I also like his sort of he has a lot of confidence. You can tell by the way he walks that he's just confident in his like motor skills um he's confident that he won't like spray a ball yeah yeah he's got sort of downhill skier vibes and he was like a champion downhill skier but yeah he's always moving forward it seems like in yeah that's like mentally more than like uh like he's not always like rushing to the net but he's sort of like he never looks back at like a an irritating point or something. Yeah. It, I don't know much about center, to be honest. Is, is Clay his best surface, or is he just having a revelation on Clay? Yeah, I don't know. I think he's good on all surfaces. He beat Sitsipas uh, in Rome. Um, that was a good result. And, yeah, I mean, he's obviously good at clay. I don't think uh, he's been around long enough for us to know what his best surface is. Um, I think with clay, it's just, if you, the the types of players who are best on clay are the ones who can actually hit through the court, because a lot of people can't. And then also the ones who, um, that little extra split second of time that you have to, to line up the ball, it really improves the quality of their shot. Yeah. And I, I could see that center was just that extra split second he had on clay that he wouldn't have on, on hard court. He was, he, it seemed like he was really, it, it kind of like he, he was, he really wasn't missing much. Yeah. He's also good at, um, at like creating wide angles. Like there was one backhand he hit, like it was a backhand exchange, and then he just hit an extremely wide angle backhand. And like I'm like, wow, Sverev was playing that point safe and did not think Sinner had that in him. Um, yeah. Yes. Yeah, on the other side of the net, Zverev was just, like, playing way too safe. Like, he wasn't being aggressive. Um, And, I mean, he was doing that the entire U.S. Open. Uh, He just had the lightest draw um, you could, like, think of. But, yeah, I think it sort of underscores that Zverev has not been playing that well. Yeah, he really hasn't, and he's gotten himself in holes and gotten out of them. He's survived. Yeah. Yeah, and like, uh, I think his, so what's never going to not be a strength in his game, he's got just amazing fluidity and rhythm, Um, but that alone, like, you can still be off-tune, and he's off-tune right now. Um... But, like, one thing that is good about his game is 
his physicality like he's really become an athlete and that hasn't always been been the case um he like has a man's body now and that that um if that is paired with like the mentality he had like two or three years ago then he'll he can be you can sort of see how he could be a force when everything sort of aligns but he's just not mentally like um where we've seen him before yeah he's double faulting all the time pressure points he's really um he it, they're just inexplicable drops in his level of play but yeah he's got this just he hits the ball so hard and he's just such a good mover um and yeah he's he his serve is so big that um you can see how he might be able to challenge anybody on on his day yeah yeah um and then i guess the winner of that match sinner is going to play Rafa Nadal, who trounced uh, Sebastian Corda. Um, and I watched some of the Nadal match, and Nadal, like, crushed him. But Corda actually is a good player. He's the American, I think, I'm highest on. Um, the young American, I think, will r- reach the highest ranking. Um, how, how old is he? He's nineteen, and he's he's fluid. He's got a good uh, good frame. I think he's six foot four. Um, he's coordinated. Um, he's a good athlete. He just wasn't as good as Rafa, and he got smoked. Um, but he's sort of like Fritz, but a slightly better athlete. He's like. A slightly more athletic version of Fritz. Okay. Good for him. Yeah, that's exciting. Hopefully he does he does um he does surface as as a real talent. But I don't know, it's just I feel like all these young guys need their beat down from Rafa at some point when they're around too far. Like I remember a few years ago Rublev was in the quarterfinals against Rafa when he was really young and Rafa beat him quarterfinals of the US Open and Rafa beat him like 1-2-2 and yeah Tiafo had a similar experience at the Australian Open and I think Dimonor did as well yeah and it's just like at some time or another all these guys just get their wake up call that there's a long way to go yeah I think I think Felix kind of got his from team. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Felix, man, what a uh, what a disappointing result from him this tournament. Yeah, he has some really bad tournaments. Yeah. I don't know. I think he's sort of just in a funk right now. I'm not betting against him. I think he'll figure it out. It's a weird year and all that. There wasn't much tune-up on clay and all that. Yeah. But, yeah, so so we've got uh, 
in the uh, in the other section, the other two matches today, uh, Schwartzman just annihilated Lorenzo Sinego, and uh, team had a really tight one against Ugo Gaston. I think that was the best match of the tournament so far. Ugo Gaston team went up two sets, and then Ugo Gaston decided he was just going to drop shot whenever he could and it started it was working like a uh, team likes to stand pretty far behind the baseline and Hugo Gaston has really good feel so uh so yeah that that was that's not the, those aren't the type of patterns you usually see on like a point to point basis like instead of like cross cross straight Gaston was going like long, long, short. Like it was sort of like a squash, squash rally pattern rather than a tennis rally pattern. Yeah, I'm, as a squash player, I've always wondered why there weren't more drop shots hit. Yeah, and uh, I wonder if it's kind of a wave of the future. Like if guys just really get good at drop shots. Also, that's really interesting and well done by Gaston because. Because um, team is not actually, at least he's not known for his volleys. Yeah. And if, if a guy who's not known for his volleys is standing really far back, even if he gets the, to the drop shot, there's the there's the shot after that. Yeah, it it really you could tell team was like confused. It it was like it was really irritating him. Yeah, and it was working. Wins between Schwartzman and team. I think Schwartzman wins. Uh, especially Gaston sort of gave the rest of the field a blueprint on how to play team. If Schwartzman can can uh, can mix in some drop shots the way Gaston was doing, like Schwartzman's like really playing at a high level and Yeah. Uh, Are you nervous at all for Rafa against Schwartzman? No, because Rafa rarely loses to the same non-Djokovic player multiple times in a row. Yeah, and as much as as much as um, Schwartzman annihilated Sonego, uh, Nadal has annihilated his past three opponents even worse than that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um... But Schwartzman is on like a, a run, um, and he could definitely make the semis. Um, you so you think Rafa? What do you think this the set score is between Rafa and Sinner? Um, three zero. Yeah, so do I. Sinner is a very good player, but there's like a little bit of rawness to him. I think this is this is gonna be Sinner's version of Rublev's beat down from a few years ago. <laughs> um, like, I think uh, he's a really, really good player, but you just watch Rafa and it's another level. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it'll be 3-0 as well. Like, as good as center is, there are points where he's just, like, uh, not totally refined you know there's like a little bit of rawness still like a few edges needed need to be sanded in his game 
and there's plenty of time to do that. But uh, Rafa is, is a machine and has been for a decade, no, more than a decade. Um, yeah, I'd be surprised if uh, Center took a set. Um, and then, do you think Schwartzman beats team? Uh, yes, I do. Yeah, and then Nadal over Schwartzman. Yeah. Yeah, and let's talk about the other side of the draw. We've got, uh, I, I think the marquee match tomorrow is probably Sitsipas Dimitrov. Um, Dimitrov has had some really good results this tournament. He's, uh, he sort of dominated his, his, his route to the, the round of 16. Um, Sitsipas had a five-setter. Um, that he escaped and has since uh, had some pretty nice score lines. Um, you think you think Sitsipas gets through pretty pretty cleanly? I don't know. Um, yeah, yeah. Dimitrov's I, game. There's so much variance to Dimitrov's game. And Sitsipas is. I hope it's Sitsipas, and I hope Sitsipas is playing well because I think he's the one of the the four in his quarter, who has the best chance against Djokovic. Yeah, that's what I hope as well. Yeah, I think uh, Fuxovic, after beating Medvedev, has made it to the uh, round of 16. Maybe maybe he's uh, he really likes this, uh, this weird hardened clay on, like, uh, cold courts. Um, yeah, this weird cold court clay. Um... You think he has a chance against Rublev, or are you just going to say Rublev versus Tsitsipas? I think he has a chance for sure, but um, I think Rublev will win. Yeah, I, I, I hope Tsitsipas and Rublev win, because they always have like nail-biter matches. If you look at their head-to-head, it's always final set tiebreak, or like 7-5 in the final set, and it always goes the distance. So they were the finalists in Hamburg, right? Yeah, and it, I think it was seven five in the final set. Yeah, so that's a rematch. Yeah, and then, uh, but I every every not. match they've ever played has been like just a battle. I hope it's not those two because I don't want the the person who plays Djokovic in the semifinals to have just got gone through a battle. Yeah. They're young, though. It might actually help them. Um, yeah, maybe get the level up. Yeah, get the level up. I don't know. I think there's something to be said for being mentally fresh. Yeah. And also, best of five is different from best of three. Like, if yeah. it's if it's 10-8 in the fifth, that's different from, like, 7-6 in the third. Yeah. Yeah. So Djokovic plays Kachanov, uh, who beat Garin in four, and who had a five-setter before that. Uh, what's your over-under for number of games won by Kachanov? Djokovic uh, has lost 15 games this tournament in three rounds. Seven. Over or under? What's your... Yeah, I think seven's a good number. I would say... Uh, I'd say over... I think Kachanov puts up a fight. Um, 
but I, he definitely doesn't win a set. I think he 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 plays one set tightly, and the others are routes. Um, so I'd say like I think he makes it to a tiebreak in one of the one of the three sets, and then the others are like six one six one. Yeah. Yeah, and then. Carreño Busta Altmaier. What what a what a buzzkill that Carreño Busta beat Batista Gu and Berrettini lost to Altmaier. Like imagine we were talking about Batista Gu Berrettini instead of Carreño Busta Altmaier. Yeah. You know, you know who I'm calling like I'm calling that nobody gives a shit about this match. <laughs> 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 yeah. Although no, I actually think um, I think usually that would be the case, but um, because of the Djokovic, um, uh, what's it? The Djokovic um, Karina Busta Australian or U.S. Open match, um, people might want to see a rematch between those two. Yeah. And there is no way Carreño Busta like <laughs> wins like four games in a rematch between those two. Yeah. Uh, um. Yeah. So do we both have Djokovic like just walking to the semifinals, basically? Um. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. And then. I think I had uh, Rublev as a semifinalist pre-tournament. So I might stick with that. Yeah, I think I had Rublev and Stan as like my semifinalists um, playing Nadal and Djokovic. So yeah, I'll say... No, no, I had Tsitsipas because Rublev beat him in... Uh, I had Rublev beating Medvedev. But I had Tsitsipas over Rublev because... Rublev beat him in Hamburg, so I just think it's it's past his turn to win. Yeah. Yeah, so I have Sitsa Pass, Djokovic, and then Nadal Schwartzman. Um what do you have the same semi? I do, yeah. And then Nadal Djokovic. Yeah. The collision course that we that we were Extremely confident about. Does either lose a set? No. Yeah. And then, who? What do you think? What do? What? What? What are you guessing is the uh, the scoreline? Nadal Djokovic. Is it going to be three zero for Joker or three one? I think it's going to be 3-0. 3-0 Djokovic? Yeah. I think it'll be... I think it'll either be 3-1 Djokovic or 3-2 Nadal. If it goes 5, it'll be Nadal. Um, If it goes 4, it'll be Djokovic. Um... Yeah, and I'm going to stick with my pre-tournament prediction. Although Djokovic, even though he's winning, 
he just hasn't been his best. Ugh. And Rafa's like on his home Dude, surface. He's he's lost fifteen games all tournament. Yeah. Rafa's on his home surface. And yeah. I think Rafa I'm gonna call Rafa in five. He's like due for like a a close win against Djokovic. Like over the last eight years, since that Australian Open final, everything has gone Djokovic's way. Like, the roof yeah. being closed at Wimbledon. Like, uh, that kind of thing. Yeah. I, do, I, I, I believe. I'm going to say Nadal in five. Bold. Yeah. Um, but it will be his... Uh, Hardest fought French Open final, I think. Um, Are there any other, I guess, tidbits and stories from the tournament so far that uh, that anything that's caught your eye? Let's see, tidbits and stories that have caught my eye. Um, Shapovalov losing to Carballos, Bayana. No, I mean, we all knew Shapovalov was kind of streaky and not the not the most consistent tool in the shed. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I guess we were talking before the podcast that this has been this has been a tournament of without many uh, storylines. Um, it's been a bit of a snoozer. Like um, I think so. I guess one of my takes. Is that cold weather clay is actually really fun to watch? Yeah, um, I actually agree with that. I think the surface is pretty cool. I and also, the French Open night matches are pretty sweet. Yeah, I love I love the lights. I'm a fan of the roof. Like Paris, it has the most fickle weather of like almost any city. You're pretty much guaranteed that it'll rain at some point, and so at least one of the courts now you can be sure to be able to play cleanly through the day. Um, that's that's a huge improvement. Um, yeah, and I like the TV production, how they cut to, like, the, uh, the lit-up Eiffel Tower and things like that. Yeah. I will say the Eurosport announcing has been horrendous. I don't know what happened with the guys who are usually announcing. But the like the the British guys, it's sort of like Australians like voicing a like shark documentary on Discovery Channel. It's like oh sea monster, um, sort of stuff. Like uh, oh no, yeah, it's like oh, and he got him with another dropper. On like a routine like like thirty love drop shot, um, yeah, yeah. So I, I watch with the volume it's too off. Much. Yeah, I watch with the volume off. Uh, I really wish like the first I guess streaming service with the option of just muting the announcer without muting the sounds of the game. Uh, that'll be a winner. Oh yeah, good call. 
because uh yeah it's uh, i love hearing like the grunting and the sound of the ball on the racket but an announcer can just ruin everything yeah that's true i think another winner of this is the uh cold weather tennis outfits oh yeah yeah the the long like uh under armor yeah it's just like a new look for everybody yeah, I think one thing we're learning is that outdoor cold weather tennis is actually kind of cool. Yeah. Um, I, I think that um, the ball bouncing less high is also just an interesting dynamic. It almost makes it more like grass. Um, because even though on grass it skids, here it, it, it just like bounces low and i've seen a lot of winners on short balls just like short just hitting it hard and short yeah it's kind of like green clay yeah um it is interesting uh yeah i love i like the i guess the superficial the the surfaces of the tournament the yeah. crowd is kind of, it is kind of interesting to see a French Open crowd, like, just so sparse. Um, it sort of has the feel of a 250 event with all the best players in the world there. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, yeah. That is, it is I do like the, the event itself. And there have not been positive tests among this is actually something i've been wondering like if nadal tested positive would the atp cover it up <laughs> um that would be just that would be I think they could only cover it up if they were supremely confident that Djokovic and Federer would not. Yeah, Djokovic got it this summer. Yeah. Yeah, but, like, the case numbers are so high in Paris right now. And, yeah, these bubbles aren't airtight, you know. Um, yeah. But, uh... There's a lot of playing with fire going on. Yeah, none of the big names has no. Yeah, none of the none of the guys has tested positive mid tournament, which is interesting. So something's working. Uh, I think it's outdoors in their their distance seating, but I think it's more the hotel rooms and like the elevators and stuff that you have. Uh, you're sort of vulnerable. Yeah. Um, but yeah, imagine Nadal and Djokovic. You know, imagine it's like, yeah, Nadal beats Schwartzman, uh, takes his tests after the match, tests positive, and there's no final. In that scenario, would the ATP just be like, Rafa, we won't say anything if you don't say anything. <laughs> yeah. 
the show must go on. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. There would be a lot of millions of dollars lost if the final could not be played for that reason. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Anyway. Um, it's uh, going to be a short podcast, listeners, um, because it's hasn't been a very interesting tournament. But if you disagree with that, hit us up on at Doubles Alley Pod on Twitter and tell us what you think has been interesting so far. Um, and yeah, generally just hit us up because we are interested in what you have to say. Uh, so without further ado, La Bomba. <laughs>